Welcome to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybal Inc. I'm Pete Wright, and blessedly, I'm here again with Gail Gregory. Gail. Pete, it is great to be here, as always. Every excuse to talk to you is a delight. Same here. And we have a good one today. We have a really good excuse today. Yes, this we do. This is not some sort of manufactured phoning in excuse. <laughs> it is really good. Well, uh, that's good for a change. <laughs> Before we dig into our great excuse, uh, talking about small initiatives to set the course for significant change, uh, make sure you head over to tybalink.com to learn more about this show. Subscribe for free to the mailing list. You just click the blue button right there on the homepage, and we will keep you updated every time we post new shows. Okay, so here I am working one day, and I'm, I'm having a, a reasonably good day. This was several weeks ago, and I get this email from you, Gail, and it says... I'm awesome, and then a link to a YouTube video. I go watch this video, and I am weirdly entranced by it. Uh, we are talking about a TED Talk from TEDx Fremont entitled Forget Big Change, Start with a Tiny Habit by Stanford uh, professor B.J. Fogg with two Gs. B.J. Fogg. Gail, why was this so inspirational for you? Um, well, interestingly enough, Pete, I, I stumbled upon this um, via um, Ron Friedman, you know, who's a, who's a friend of the show, who's, friend of the show, who's been yes. on, yeah, has yes. been on, and um, he did um, uh, this series of interviews. Um, that he called the Peak Work Performance Summit. And um, one of them that I listened to was Christine Carter, who was talking about this idea of small changes. And she mentioned B.J. Fogg. So I looked him up and I started listening to it. And um, I loved his idea about how we um, we make small changes and the, the impact that they ultimately have. And what caught me, which is what you're referring to at the beginning, Pete, and we have to have a clip of it, is um, he, he starts out... And um, he's talking about one of the ways that we make small changes stick is by um, rewarding ourselves. And it's not the big reward that we've come to think of like, oh, you know, if I lose five pounds, I can eat a big piece of cake. But it's it's these little tiny rewards. And he said, even when you do something positive, if you do something as small as saying, I'm awesome. And, um, <laughs> and that's exactly what he said is, I'm awesome. Um <laughs> It just, it just, first of all, cracked me up. And second of all, really resonated with me because I hope I'm not the only person out there that when I, when I do something um, uh, unexpected or something challenging in my head, I actually say to myself, you're awesome. Um, so uh, <laughs> I love so, that so much. Yeah. So I thought, oh my gosh, here is social science confirming that A, I'm not crazy, and B, it's a good thing to do. So, um, <laughs> Well, let's that- do it. Let's play a little bit of B.J. Fogg here. This is, uh, this is Fogg introducing, uh, introducing this concept, and he's, he's giving the audience an exercise involving dental floss. We're going to practice some behavior change. And the organizers of this event have been very good at providing some supplies So I want all of you to look under your seat right now and see what surprise is waiting for you. What I want you to do, and we debated whether we should really do this or not, but we're going to do it, is I want you to tear off one piece of floss like this. And what we're going to do, don't do it quite yet, we're going to practice what I call a tiny habit. And in this case, we're going to do something very, very small and I'm going to have you floss one tooth. 
Not yet, we're gonna do it all together. I know some of you think that, that's kind of gross. But we can do this. Now, there's one more piece, and I'll explain this a little bit later in my presentation. After you do a tiny behavior that you want to repeat in the future, or maybe expand, what you need to do is celebrate victory immediately, right away. So I'm not talking about going out to the bar or going to making cookies or what have you. You need to tell yourself in some way that you're awesome. Okay? So we're going to practice this. There's a few ways to do this. I've mapped out 10 different ways to celebrate, but we're going to start with one that's pretty common, that works, and it goes like this. I'm awesome. <laughs> okay, you ready? One, two, three. I'm awesome. Okay. Let's try another celebration. And this one is bingo. Ready? One, two, three. Bingo. Awesome. Now, <laughs> I'm awesome. There, there are some people, when they're working with tiny habits with me, they like doing a little dance. And that makes them feel like, yeah, I'm rocking it. Okay, so, ready? Little dance. One, two, three. Awesome. Okay. I think that is just fantastic. Now, of course, he's talking about the the small, tiny habits, right? The the behavior that we need to um, to incorporate in our own lives in order to introduce change and create new habits. And these little "I'm awesome" mantras help to enforce or reinforce that behavior, so that that we'll actually build new habits and and over a a hopefully shorter period of time, we'll change how we relate to the world. Right. Right. So that leads us to our, our institutional topic for today, that we have an opportunity when we approach big change in the organization. My hypothesis is that we can change the way we adapt by thinking smaller, by making sure that we address these tiny habits at an organizational level that lead to big change. Now, you have just uh, written with the delightful, also friend of the show, Lauren Turner from UMass Lowell. You have co-written an article for Coupa HR, uh, Are You Change Ready? Strategies for Workforce Management. And as I am reading this article, it is delightful. It's in the winter 2015-16 uh, edition, and we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, as I'm reading this article, I'm thinking, this is you guys together are describing the benefits of tiny habits at an institutional level. Can you walk through your, your process and, and thinking about how uh, how tiny organizational habits might be helpful to folks? Um, yes, and I, I just want to go back to this idea of, um, you know, how, how tiny changes can, um, can really have a huge impact. And I think what happens um, institutionally is that we know there's a big change that has to happen. But when we look at it from the viewpoint of the big thing, it's, it's overwhelming. What we recommend is breaking it down into smaller pieces. Um, Pete, I think you remember I told you a while ago that um, I had hiked down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon yes. with my sister a couple years ago. And I remember we were at the top and we had um, fantastic guides. And one of the things he said is you hike the canyon the same way you eat an elephant, one bite at a time. 
And there are so many times that uh, when we're starting a change project, I hear that guide's voice in my head. Um, it is, it, we've got to take it one bite at a time. And, um, you know, so at UMass Lowell, they were, they were looking at um, making some changes to their organizational structure um, in anticipation of potential retirements, um, making sure that they are, were aligned with the strategic plan, um, you know, all really, really big things. And um, leadership was, passionately behind these changes and were really, you know, the change agents. But um, when we were brought in, um, we were there to help, okay, how do we break this down? How do we make this big change into smaller pieces? And so we broke it down into three main parts. There was um, the organizational uh, kind of chart, if you will, work. There was the work of the individuals, uh, kind of a time study that we did. And then there was the change management component. So when you, again, when you think of that big change effort, now it's broken down into three smaller pieces. And, um, and if I just focus on the, the time study uh, piece of it, um, this is where our purpose is to find out what are people currently doing so that management can assess, okay, we know our people are really busy. Um, we know people are going you know, 60, 70, 80 miles an hour, but we need to make sure that what they're doing is aligned with what our priorities are. So step one, what are they doing? Um, so again, that's breaking it down. Step one, what are they doing? Um, taking it further, it's okay, well, what are people in this one department doing? So let's think of the main categories of work that they're doing. Break those down into smaller categories. So you can see, Pete, it's just, it's constantly just breaking it down further and further and further. Um, and ultimately what the folks at, involved in this project at UMass Lowell did is um, over the course, uh, they, they reported their time over the course of a fiscal year in these um, spreadsheets that we had put together. And then we were able to, you know, now kind of the reverse of breaking things down into smaller and smaller pieces. Now it's rolling them further and further up into larger pieces so that then uh, management was able to look at that and we were able to have conversations about, okay, what, what should people continue to be doing? Um, what shouldn't they be doing? Um, you know, what are people doing because perhaps um, there needs to be more training, there needs to be improved processes, and then it starts coming back up and rolling up into a bigger and bigger um, uh, decision or, or change. One of the things I like so much about that as you describe this process is this idea that, you know, over the course of a fiscal year, you're not just uh, thinking in terms of departments or teams on departments, but individuals, right? Of course, in this case, we're tracking individual time and activity, uh, but we are, you know, if we're going to sway change at the organizational level, we have to not just think of change in terms of teams. We need a whole team or a whole department to change the way it is doing something, but the fact that we have these individuals and we need to sway them. It's individual hearts and minds that make up these teams, that make up these departments, that, that become the passionate leaders for change, and that need to be able to say, I'm awesome, when we figure out a new process that is going to work better, that's going to be more efficient, it's going to help us move forward. But the other side of this is, is creating these leaders, these, these sort of uh, financial leaders or HR leaders, department or team leaders that actually become champions for the change that you're working on. Uh, can you talk Talk a little bit about that. You talk specifically about leaders as champions for change in the article, and I, I wonder if you could reflect a little bit more deeply on on what it means to to take uh, these leaders in the organization and and move them into the role of champion. 
Well, I think um, what was what was really fortunate in, at the UMass Lowell um, project was, first of all, senior leadership was very committed to the to the change and very um, visible. Um, and uh, you know, very open and and uh, willing to engage um, with with all of the members of the team, um, and that trickled down to her um, her leaders, her direct reports, and so on. Um, I think also what was what was really really helpful is um, one piece. I, as I, I said earlier, you know, we broke it down into the three pieces. Um, you know, one piece was the quote unquote change management piece of the project. And part of that was getting everyone together um, first as a kickoff where senior leadership could uh, be present and talk about uh, why is this happening, um, what is expected, um, what's going to happen next, um, to be there to answer questions. Um, uh, the next level down was there to also give their stamp of approval and their um, their commitment. Uh, so really kind of demonstrating to the rest of the folks involved how committed all levels of leadership were to this project. Um, and then about three quarters of the way through, Pete, um, we got everybody back together again and went through, um, we had a retreat and we uh, discussed uh, change management principles. We talked about um, team and prioritization and a lot of different topics. But, um, but the key was getting everybody together. Um, and these were, uh, some, some people worked very closely together, but when it was the whole big group, you know, it wasn't necessarily people that they saw every day. Um, and simply being in the same room, hearing the same message, again, with, with leadership, um, their front and center. Um, it gave people a shared vocabulary going forward um, that we hear from the folks at UMass Lowell. Some of the things that we covered in that retreat, people are still using that vocabulary today. Well, that so, was the thing I was I was going to ask. How much has this language sort of permeated the organization? It sounds like it is it 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 stands to become kind of a standard way of approaching these uh, the, the way you make change at UMass Lowell. Yeah, and I, and, and um, that's exactly correct. Where um, you know, as I said, we've we've heard from them where people are still using some of that language, and um, and you know, one of the things, and and we we forget how important you know, going back again to tiny changes, simply having the opportunity to you know. We, we moved the tables uh, where people were sitting right before lunch. So people ended up sitting with different people um, while they were having their meal. And simply having the opportunity to do that, that little tiny change can um, can build relationships and break down barriers between people who don't see each other um, very often but sometimes have to work with each other um, uh, you know, across functions. You, one of the things that you talk about just on that point in the article is this idea that you, you get, give people the opportunity to ask the questions of themselves about their own work. What would your job look like if? What would you be doing differently than you are today if? What is working? What is not working? What keeps you up at night, right? To give people a chance to really reflect on what they're doing and on the smallest initiatives that they do in their day jobs, um, you know, to see if there is a way that together you can impact change. And I just really like the way that the way that it, the approach is laid out. Uh, when you look at your experience uh, working on this project and writing this article, um, if you reflect on the biggest lessons learned for you personally, what did you bring out of the experience? 
Yeah, Pete, I think when I think back on what I learned or what I can take away from from that experience, and again with writing the article with Lauren, is really the importance of of leadership um, presence, leadership um, commitment, uh, which was so, so present at UMass Lowell every step of the way. I, I it was just really, um, really important, I think, to the success of the project, to uh, the way that people felt about the project, seeing their leaders really, um, really bought into it and really um, willing to answer their questions and, uh, and again, be present. Well, it, it is a, it's a real uh, treat. It's a great piece that talks about uh, the success of a, of a wonderful partner for us. The, the folks at UMass Lowell have been on this show uh, a number of times, and we certainly appreciate uh, their participation in, in getting this done and in giving us an excuse to talk about B.J. Fogg and how awesome he is. I agree, Pete. And I think um, I, I wanna want our listeners to take you know, a couple things away from, um, you know, from our beginning and ending here with, with BJ Fogg is, uh, we talk about this idea of, um, you know, celebrating the small victories. And I, I think that that is really, really important, especially as we, we find when we go on campus again, how, how quickly people are moving and the amount of things that are on their plate. Um, Howard and I were recently at a retreat and um, one of the leaders at, uh, at this event was talking about how um, when you ski and you go down a trail, um, taking the time to turn around and look back and see wow, I did that. I accomplished that. I am, in fact, awesome um, for having done that. That um, I think that it's really, really important for, um, for people to do that, especially in, um, in the busy, frenetic pace that, that we see now. I could not agree more, and I think it is something that institutionally most of us are not very good at. But we can because tiny changes can lead to big behavior. So give yourself permission to say, I'm awesome. I love it. Can't think of a better way to wrap up than that. Thank you, everybody, for uh, downloading and listening to this show. Thank you, Gail Gregory, for taking the time out uh, to talk to me today. Hey, thank you, Pete. As always, a pleasure. Absolutely. On behalf of Gail Gregory, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week right here on Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybal Inc.